Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking to Becca White about her wedding at Walt Disney World's Wedding Pavilion and Living Seas Salon at Epcot. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose those venues and how she decided to have a Disney wedding and how everything turned out. So welcome, Becca. Hey, Carrie. It's nice to speak to you today. Thanks so much for being here. So I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you and Hunter decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Walt Disney World. For us, it was kind of something that I had known I had wanted my whole life. I actually have a very close family friend who went to high school with my dad who got married there in the early 90s when it was like brand new. So it was something my dad and I had talked about from little growing up as like a dream destination. And luckily, I uh, met and fell in love with a man who loves Disney as much as I do. I actually used to work at Disney. We had our first date at Disney. So it was always a place that was like our spot where we wanted to be. It's a spot that both of our families love. Our parents actually met at Disney um, for the first time. Hunter met my dad at Disney for the first time. I met his mom at Disney. So it was always like a spot that was special to us and special to our families. So it seemed like the perfect place for something like that to happen, something that would bring everybody together and could just be a place of joy for us all. That's wonderful. So it sounds like probably your friends and family were not at all surprised when you said where you were getting married? Yeah, 0%. Everyone knew that was what it was going to be. That was definitely what was expected. Uh, And it was positive. We're Florida residents, so it was easy for all our friends and family, too. So it was one of those situations where they knew that if we were going to want to do it, that was going to be where we were going to want to have it. Oh, that's interesting. So since you guys are local, I'd be curious to know how many guests you invited and how many were able to be there. So we ended up with 35. We invite, or 36, sorry. We invited 40. We had two that could not come. One was a military issue. He couldn't get off. The other one was he was in fire academy. Uh, They were actually my stepbrothers. So they were the two that we thought would be able to come that were like easy, but then had complications with work. And then we had two others that just couldn't make it. And they're actually out of towners. Everyone else was able to come. So we had a very high acceptance rate from the invite from what you normally see. We didn't invite a ton of people because we really wanted it to be like a family event. Got it. Okay. Now, did you bother setting up a room block or was it not really necessary because of your guest distribution? It wasn't necessary for us. So we're DVC members, as is my mother and my father individually. And we actually, my mom and my dad, used their points to book rooms for all of our family at Old Key West. So we would all be together. So almost all of our guests, I would say probably 92%-ish of them were all in DVC rooms at Old Key West. We did have two parties who booked one at the Grand because that's where they had really wanted to stay for like ever and then another party who booked at Pop Century and that was so it was pretty simple for us in terms of the room block situation. Oh that's great and great for transportation I bet. Yeah it definitely made it easy. Now how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? So when we were part of the old pricing scheme so for us Tuesdays were a little bit cheaper of an option so it was just kind of like a 
easier thing financially. We're fortunate in that I would also say a large percentage of our guests were actually teachers. So we knew that summer, even though it wasn't ideal for weather, we really would have preferred winter for weather. Summer was really what was going to be the best to kind of cause the least amount of disruption in everyone's work schedule, Hunter and myself included. So we knew we wanted summer. We preferred June to July because things start to get like crazy 4th of July post that. So we wanted to do earlier June if we could. We ended up settling on the end of June and a Tuesday. And the Tuesday again was the pricing. And then we were going to originally do a 9.30 a.m. ceremony. But we decided to push that to the 12 spot because we wanted to have our Magic Kingdom Park shoot that morning. And we thought that would be cutting it too close with photography. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know for some people it feels very rushed. For other people, they like the idea of doing it all in one day so they don't have to have their hair and makeup done twice. It was definitely rushed. And that's something that I had a blast. We had an absolute fantastic time. I mean, our morning at Magic Kingdom was absolutely magical, probably more so because it was on our wedding day. Um, but I will say that it was it was crazy. We got up very early. We went from that directly into pictures. And I had a dress change. I was changing between the park shoot and our pictures at the Grand. And um, that had to happen real quick. So that was definitely, I think, a little bit, I don't want to use the word stressful, but just kind of crazy. I had to have, like, I had my mom and my maid of honor and my niece all in there, like, kind of scrambling to get those last-minute things done in between. So that was definitely, I would say, tight, even though we moved it to the later time. So definitely, I think the 930, that wouldn't have worked for us. But at the 12, it was still tight. And I think if I could do it over again, we probably would have done the park shoot on a different day. And I wouldn't have minded paying for hair and makeup one more time. We already paid for it for several days after. So it wouldn't have been too bad. Interesting. Okay. So did you guys do a first look before your park shoot? We did, yes. We did a first look. We were staying at, Hunter and I were the only people who had the room at the Grand other than that one couple. We were staying in the DVC villas at the Grand. So we actually did our first look at the fountain there. So that was pretty nice. We had talked about the main building and all these said, let's just do it in the DVC villas. And it ended up being perfect. We loved that little area. Yeah, that's a great spot. It was really pretty. So then how did you guys choose your ceremony and reception venues? So the ceremony one was very easy for us anyway. Hunter wanted to be at Disney 100%, but he also wanted to be inside. So that was a big thing. It's the summer. So Wedding Pavilion was like a hands down easy choice for that. We both thought it was beautiful. The person that I know that got married there in the early 90s got married there when it had its old look, but it was still like such a beautiful, special place. And it was always, I guess, the dream spot for me anyway. I would ride around the monorail as like a child and teenager and adult and always think like this is the spot so for both of us it was kind of like an automatic we knew that was a ceremony spot and you can't really beat having the castle in the background so that was a definite plus the reception was definitely a lot harder for us to choose we really wanted to be at a park and we love animal kingdom but we were just trying to figure out what would be the most sense for our personalities together as well as our families and we ended up kind of going through a bunch of different options and then brought up the living seas and it was just like this makes total sense hunter and i both had a lot of our lives spent on the water both of our families are very active in like fishing and diving and swimming i'm scuba certified it's something that we've done together and we've done with each of our families together and individually so it was like this is a location that combines both disney and kind of that love of the ocean and like the con- love of conservation all into one thing and again it was indoors so we did have that concern as well for both ceremony and reception. In the summer, you never know what the weather's going to be like. So it was like, better play it safe. (laughs) Exactly. Did you add a dessert party or welcome party? Any other events? 
So we did we did a welcome party, but it wasn't an official one through Disney. We actually just did a Disney Springs night out at Hangar Bar where everyone came out and we all had tables and hung out, ordered drinks, and just spent some time together to relax a little bit of downtime. All our guests were at Old Key West for the most part, so it was really easy to catch the boat, ride over, and have a relaxing night. We did do a formal dessert party. So we did a fantastic dessert party the night of the wedding. That one was where the weather came into play. So then I ended up really happy that we had done the other stuff inside. We had a Fantasmic dessert party scheduled. It was supposed to be eating outside, watching Fantasmic, and then doing a ride mix in on Toy Story Mania. Unfortunately, the weather got bad very quickly that night and stayed bad for most of the night. So we ended up having the actual food part inside. And then we were still able to do the Toy Story Mania mix in because it did clear by, I'd say it was like by 9.30 it cleared. But by that point, Fantasmic was canceled. Oh. Now, what location did they put you in for your indoor dessert party? The location above the pizza restaurant, back by where Mama Melrose is, Pizza Rizzo. Got it. Okay. So for your reception, did you guys have any kind of entertainment? We did a DJ. That was something we went back and forth on. We debated since we did have a smaller party on whether or not that was something we wanted. And I'm actually really glad we did have one because it was nice to have someone who was kind of going through and keeping a beat on everything that was happening with the night, um, kind of keeping it moving on track in a way that was like fun and didn't make it seem like you were on schedule even though you were. So I enjoyed that. That was the main thing. We really wanted to utilize the location itself as a form of entertainment because we had the tanks and it's so beautiful. So really a lot of people spent time like looking at them and talking and hanging out. And I think that was really a fun part of it for us. And did you add a dance floor? I know a lot of people are concerned because they can only get a really small one in there. And then if you have a large group, you know, you're practically dancing on the carpet anyway. We didn't. We went back and forth on it, but it was with the number of people we had and looking at the space when we did get to go and do the site view. It wasn't something that we felt we really needed. So we decided not to go with it, and everything worked out perfectly fine for us with the floor that was in place there. So, Got it. Do you have any menu items or cake flavors you can recommend? So I know a lot of people recommend this, but I'm sticking with it too because it is the number one thing that I say was a hit. The cheeseburger spring rolls are <laughs> the best thing to do for cocktail hour. They are so good. We had those, and they were delicious. We also had the Mongolian beef and bao buns from one of the festivals at Epcot made as well. And they were amazing. They were a big hit. Everybody really loved them. Um, So I would say those are two big things. For our actual meal, we did a buffet. And we had our two favorite menu items from Epcot made. So we did the uh, filet from Le Cellier. And then we also did the maki from Coral Reef Restaurant. So that was kind of a nice touch. That's great. And was the mahi-mahi good on a buffet line? As, As good as it would be as an entree? Surprisingly, yes. I would say when we actually tried it at our tasting, everyone always says that the tasting is like, it'll be as amazing as it can be when you have it at the tasting. And it was good, but I was a little bit concerned with how it would transfer, but it was great at the buffet. It actually, we had a lot of compliments on it. So they did a wonderful job with that. Temperature wise, everything was perfect. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the day ran? Yeah, so it started with a very early morning since we had that first look. We actually had that first look at, I want to say it was 5 o'clock. We had a change, I want to say four days before the wedding actually, where it got bumped up a half an hour. So that was definitely a little bit of a surprise, but hair and makeup worked with us super well on that, so it wasn't bad. So I got up at 2.30 that morning um, to start getting prepped, get hair and makeup done. 
we went into our first look in the lobby at the Grand Floridian. That lasted about a half an hour. From there, we got into a van, went to Magic Kingdom. We had our park shoot, came back, had about 45 minutes to change, clean up, redo any little things we wanted to do. Hunter actually changed his suit, too, between the park shoot and the ceremony. Wow. So we did that, and then we went to the lobby of the Grand, the main lobby, not the DVC lobby, but the main lobby, and started to get all our family photos. So from that, we did that for, it was about, we got back at 8.30ish, so from 10 to about 11.30, we did that, and then at 11.30, we got picked up, I got picked up, because I did the Landau coach, so I got picked up at 11.30 at the Grand, uh, just outside the back entrance of the lobby, down where uh, Grand Floridian Cafe is, and we went off to the ceremony, so... Then that went on uh, from 11.30, ceremony started at 12. We had our ceremony. Everything was absolutely lovely. Hunter and I got to leave in the Landau together, which was really fun. So we had our little bit of time, just us, right after the ceremony. In between that and our reception, we went to Epcot for our reception, got to walk in kind of through the back entrance around the Living Seas, which was really cool. Get to see people in the park. Went in, we had our reception from 1 to 5. So we actually had a shorter one, an hour shorter than what is like a typical reception with Disney, uh, which we just did because we had such a small party. And because we were doing that dessert party that night, we wanted to give people time to take a little bit of a break, take a nap, take a shower, uh, change out of their wedding clothes and into some park clothes so they could be comfortable for Fantasmic and the ride mix in. Uh, So we ended at five. Everybody went back to the resorts. We had a few hours to take like a little nap, take a little change, which is what we did. We just showered, changed, (laughs) took like a 45 minute nap and then got into a van and headed to Hollywood Studios for our dessert party. So that started at, I want to say it was, we had a eight o'clock start and we had an hour to do food and then Fantasmic was canceled. So we ended up kind of hanging around for about 15 minutes after in the Pizza Rizzo area, waiting to see what the word was going to be on what we were going to be able to do. Um, and when we got like the official final word from our guide with Disney, they said we could still do the ride mix in, but Fantasmic was off. So then we walked over, we did the ride mix in. That was great. And then we all headed home for the night. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long day. <laughs> now, I would love to know how you chose the Landau coach. I know a lot of people, it's their dream to have Cinderella's glass coach, and you don't see the Landau coach as much. So I'd love to hear about that choice. My husband actually wanted it. Um, so Hunter wanted it. He loves the horses. Like, I mean, I think ponies are really cute, but he loves the horses with the Landau coach. He loves the one horse. And um, he really wanted to like get to see, he thought that would be a beautiful picture, a beautiful picture of him and I. He'd get to see the horse. I'd get to see the horse. It'd be kind of fun. His family's from Kentucky, so they love horses too. So it was kind of like a little moment for them to get to see one and have something that was like towards them because they love horses. So that was pretty neat. And, um, Yeah, he just thought it was, he thought it looked very nice. I honestly loved Cinderella Coach, but not at the price that it was at because photography was really my thing. So for me, I was fine with just kind of doing any sort of transportation and not that concerned. But when we started talking about it and he was like, it looked great, I got really excited. So I got on board with it for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And probably on a muggy June day, you were glad not to be in a mini greenhouse going from the wedding pavilion to the, (laughs) back to the resort. (laughs) Yeah, he brought that up too. The heat, that was the other big thing with a June wedding. It's just the heat. So I think we kind of like talked about everything we talked about from like location for the reception and transportation and the, even the dessert party, like every detail we talked about, we thought about like, how humid is it going to be? How hot is it going to be? Is everybody else going to be okay? How are we going to make sure we're all right with it? So 
that was definitely a factor like in everything we did that day. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like photography was important. What were some of the other most important aspects when you were planning where you focused your attention or your budget? So aside from photography, I would say food was actually something that we really wanted. And like I said, we did have special menu requests so that we could get items from some of our favorite restaurants and restaurants that mean something. That was one of the things that was really big for us, having that kind of set. For our dessert party, we did some of our favorite restaurant items as well. So we did the Zebra Domes from Animal Kingdom Lodge. And then we also did the Oreo Bonbons from Kate May's Buffet, because those are both things that we love and kind of have like special links with our family. I would say like trying to add little details too to make it things that would be fun. One of the things that we did during the reception was we did Polaroid cameras so that our guests could just take pictures of what we wanted of like each other during the wedding themselves, during the reception so that we could see what they were doing and kind of see their side of it since we wouldn't get to see everybody all the time since we were so busy. And that was something that turned out to be super fun because at the end of the day, we got to go back through all those Polaroids and it was really cute to see what people liked and what they chose to take photos of in the reception space. And so that was something that we put a lot of, I guess, thought into on our side. And then floral, that was something that I cared a lot about, but I didn't want to go overboard with. So while I put a lot of focus into it, but it was definitely about like finding the right budget to get what we wanted without going overboard. And I think Disney honestly did a fantastic job with that. We probably spent the majority of our planning session talking about floral, actually, and I'm glad we did. (laughs) That's interesting. Can you give my listeners some tips about what you did do to contain costs but still have a big floral look? Yeah, so really what helped me was we sat down and we put together a really big PowerPoint and it had all of the different looks we liked. So we researched, one of the things we did, we researched the kinds of flowers that we both liked. So we both wanted to be happy with it and how it looked. And we wanted it to kind of fit our theme as a couple, have things kind of like fit the area as well in the living seas, as well as the wedding pavilion. We spent a lot of time researching flowers. We tried to find out like what flowers would be in season so that we wouldn't give examples of flowers that wouldn't be good once we got to the uh, planning session. So we really spent a lot of time trying to figure out what would fit with June. We made a list of what we liked and then we kind of broke it down piece by piece. Like these are sample bouquets that I like. This is the price. And then I gave prices as well. So I was like, I want to spend $275 on my bouquet, but $85 on the bridesmaids bouquet or the junior bridesmaids bouquet. So I think really laying it out and saying like, this is my budget that I have in mind for floral. These are the things that I like. What do you think we can do with that was very helpful because I didn't, walk out of the planning session feeling like it was going to be some extravagant number over that. I had given them kind of like what I wanted to work with and they were aware of it and they were really receptive to that. So I think that was something that was super helpful. Oh, that's great. Great tip. So then what aspects were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? I would say it's not that it was less important, but that we kind of saved the money on some of the extras that we thought would be fun, but we thought with the time and the number of guests we had wouldn't really get used as much. So like we love the idea of characters, but we didn't have a lot of kids and we didn't know how into the characters our guests would be, Hunter and I would be. But that was something that we didn't think a lot of the people my dad would be, but we didn't think a lot of our aunts and uncles and cousins would love it because they're all older. It was just something that we thought for the cost, we could put it towards something that they might enjoy more like the dessert party. That's kind of how we balance that. We really tried to make it something that would be representative of him and I, but fun for our families. And that's kind of how we narrowed things down. Got it. Okay. So what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? I was there a morning at Magic Kingdom. It was extremely magical. We had already done the first look. So we were both kind of relaxed and calmed down and like enjoying our time with each other. 
And it was almost like the rest of the day went so fast, a blink of an eye. But our morning at Magic Kingdom, it was almost like time had slowed down. And we had that hour, just him and I. And that was really magical. It was time to just be together and be relaxed and take it all in and be in the park in a a way that we're never going to probably see it again. And I think that was something that definitely stuck with both of us. Got it. So aside from the fantastic dessert party getting canceled, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? We had a couple of things. So um, one thing that would note that didn't, Hunter and I didn't get to experience it as much, but when our guests were taken into the Living Seas area for the pre-receptions, the cocktail hour, the air conditioning wasn't on and we were told it was very hot. <gasps> so we kind of heard that complaint from a lot of people. By the time we got in there, it was probably 45 minutes after our guests had gotten in there and they had turned the AC on and were trying to cool it down, but you could still tell it was significantly warmer than like downstairs where you enter. Uh, so I would say that was a big oopsies. Um, that was one that was definitely noticed by everybody. Oh, and with our dessert party, we actually had one other thing when we were trying to get into our dessert party. So all of our guests took a bus, but we had a van for Hunter and I that was going from the Grand. And they were taking us in the back because they said we couldn't enter through the front depending on what we were wearing. So it was like kind of scheduled like that. It was a van we had paid for. And when we got to the back entrance, we were with like our representatives from Disney but the security at the gate said that there was no dessert party going on, so they couldn't let us in. Oh. So we, prob- we probably lost about 35 minutes sitting in the van before we actually got to get into our dessert party. But fortunately, since Fantasmic was canceled on that side, we ended up having that extra time in the room with the food with our friends and family. But if, if Fantasmic hadn't gotten canceled, we would have probably been rushed with about 25 minutes in the room for the actual dessert portion. Interesting. Okay. And then was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? Yeah, I would say I definitely spent a lot of time worrying about if we were doing enough. Because you do hear like people have so many like wonderful character artists and um, photo booths. I really wanted a photo booth, but in the living seas, you can't have one. So that was one thing that I like had really wanted, but you can only do it if you're in a ballroom or a non-theme park area. So I was kind of concerned, I guess, that whether or not our guests would have enough to do and whether or not our reception would be entertaining enough with just a DJ. We had a, we did have a DJ in an open bar and plan on doing a lot of like walking and talking and dancing and hanging out. But we were like, is that enough? And it definitely was, honestly. I think everybody had a good time. Everyone expressed that they did. I think the Polaroid cameras kind of gave like a fun interactive part to it too. But I definitely wish that I hadn't been as worried about that leading up to it. Okay, great. And then besides potentially doing your Magic Kingdom shoot on a different day, although it sounds like it was a pretty magical experience, is there anything else you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I may have done a different dessert party location because I will say doing it at Hollywood Studios where the rain backup was being far in the back of the park compared to Pizza Rizzo being far in the park compared to uh, where Fantasmic is. My guests had to walk a long way because they walked from there to the, from the Fantasmic area to the Pizza Rizzo area back to the Fantasmic area when they thought it was going to happen, then back into Toy Story. So we did have a lot of older guests. So that was one thing that was, I think, a lot on them more than what we could have anticipated. So I may have considered doing an Epcot dessert party instead because I think it would have been a little less like physical stress on some of our guests. That's a really good point. And it's not something we thought about. So yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? I would say definitely don't be afraid to ask questions. That's a thing. If there's something that you think that you want, 
just go for it and find out. We had a couple of things that we asked about that we were told no on, but I don't regret asking. Like we originally, before we were going to do the dessert party, really wanted to ride Nick's in, but we did have that earlier reception. So we were trying to see if we could get one on the living seas since it's a faster moving ride that would have less of a disruption with the number of people we had. And it was a no, but honestly that opened up conversations about some other things that we could do instead. And I think you can get a lot of helpful information if you let your team at Disney know things that you really care about and they'll definitely make sure that something can happen. Even if it's not your original idea, they'll work with you to try to come up with a plan to kind of figure out how to get what you want. And I think that's a lot of very helpful. That's great advice. Well, Becca, I think you've shared a lot of great advice for anyone who's interested in having a wedding at Walt Disney World, especially if they're maybe thinking of having a fantastic dessert party or using Living Seas Salon. So I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much for speaking with me. It was really nice to talk to you today. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, disneyweddingpodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. Thank you.